I knew that I was getting on mom's nerves when I heard my full name. I knew that I was getting closer to her last nerve when she gave me a swat with whatever she happened to have her hand in her hand at the moment. I knew that I was on her last nerve when I heard those dreadful words. And I'm betting most of you know what they are. Go to your room and wait for your father to get home. Those were the longest afternoons of my life. And I can remember all kinds of things running through my mind. Maybe they'll forget. Maybe something else will happen and they'll get distracted. Maybe they'll be too tired and they'll just leave me alone. But inevitably, there was that knock at the door. And that is where I believe we are taught to understand the word fear in what appears to be its primary meaning. As I said at the beginning of Mass, to anticipate in dread. And many people struggle in discipleship because that meaning of the word fear is attached to the word father. And so when they hear the psalmist proclaim, blessed is the one who fears God, it's, what the heck are you talking about? And even more fundamentally, the idea of an intimate encounter with Father is not a comfortable prospect at all. Maybe God will just ignore my sins. Maybe God will get really busy today or this season or this year and he'll just forget about me. And in fact, our denial can go on for so long that we lose sight of the reason why in the course of time we find ourselves being eaten alive by anxiety or guilt or shame or regret or depression or despair. Forgetting that these things always follow sin into our lives. And in the course of time, they are never resolved on their own. The longer unconfessed sin remains in our hearts and in our minds, all of these awful feelings only grow more 
intense. And isn't it wonderful to realize that our Heavenly Father has only ever responded to sin in one way. And it is to issue an invitation not only to complete forgiveness, but to freedom. And that burden of anxiety or guilt or shame or regret or depression or despair, something that we cannot rid ourselves of is lifted away. And we are restored to fullness and authenticity. Not only standing in the full light of our Father in heaven, but living in hope of the day when we see him face to face. Satan knows how vulnerable we are how vulnerable we are to rationalizing sin and saying, well, you know, some degree of anxiety or guilt or shame or anger or depression or despair, well, you know, that's just par for the course. That's just adult life. That's just something you have to learn to live with. Or, even worse, oh, that has nothing to do with you. That has to do with all of those things that happened way back when, or way out there somewhere. And it's all an attempt to get us to believe that somehow these things are normal, or there's nothing that can be done about them. The Catechism calls this the error of despair, which is very effective at destroying our hope which is our belief that not only is something tomorrow that we is tomorrow is not only something we can look forward to it is something that is worth everything that we have in our today to attain and once we realize that god's only desire is for forgiveness for healing for the restoration of our integrity and dignity as the beloved son or daughter that he created us to be, Satan also knows how vulnerable we are to swerving over to the other extreme. Well, if God loves me so much and is so greatly merciful that he will forgive any of my sins, then I guess I don't have to worry about it. Or even worse, they could say, well, I don't really need to go to confession. I can just pray myself that God will forgive me. It's a very common misunderstanding. And here's the problem with that misunderstanding. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus did not grant a universal ability to forgive sins to everyone who believed in him. No, he looked at his 12 apostles and said, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Meaning that his kingly and priestly authority to forgive sins he gave 
to his 12 apostles and to their successors. And to believe somehow that sacramental healing is somehow dispensable is again one of the great lies of his enemy. who will stop at nothing to keep us locked in guilt or shame or anxiety or despair. And so this is one of the great opportunities of this great season of penance and prayer and transformation that begins in 14 days. I am so hopeful for each one of you. I am so hopeful for everyone that you love that they will in the great season of Advent come to know God in a way that perhaps you have not known him in a very long time. And that encountering God as the loving Savior and just judge that he is, that you and anyone who comes with a sincere and contrite heart will be set free. And again, when we arrive at the solemnity of the birth of our Lord, we'll look over the edge of that manger and see the face of salvation perhaps in a way that you have never seen it before.